we gonna do right here is go back. Way back. Back into time. It's time to kick it old school with a new school flair. Taking you back to a time where things felt good. Wow, I feel good. Welcome to Old Fashioned Health. Today is the day to take back your health. Old Fashioned Health is just the right place to do it. Your host, Alvin, is determined to make sure you are in good health inside and out. Now, the time has come for some good old-fashioned health right here on 1100 AM. Here's Alvin! Okay! How y'all doing out there? How y'all doing? What's up, everybody? What's going on? This is Alvin and Edmund on the Old Fashioned Health Show, Good Health Inside and Out. So we got a very good show today uh, on tap for you guys. Edmund, you're going to surprise me with what we got going on? Yeah, man. I'm excited about this show ever since I learned about it yesterday, you know, uh, as far as, you know, we've had the doctors come in. Right. And now we, we, we're adding an addition to it, you know, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, she, uh, so this young lady that we have coming on today, y'all, we're trying to do whatever we can to, to give you all as much information as we can pertaining to uh, pandemics and uh, natural disasters is what the show is about. And so we have a young lady, her name is Michelle uh, Dawkins, uh, Dawkins, and she's an environmental health and safety professional. We're going big time now. Oh, yeah. All right. And Michelle has some great information that she's going to share with us and everything. I'm so excited about having her on the show. We're going to have a good time today. So she's going to come on at 315 to discuss uh, about pandemics and talk about natural disasters. You know, a lot of times people think they're just thinking about the coronavirus right now. So only thing people are thinking about. Everybody's mind is on that. And I mean, you know, they're just really trying to either educate themselves as much as possible about it or do what they can to, to have some type of preventative measure against it. Um, yeah, it's like that's one topic that everyone has in common right now. But we, but we got to try to get them. So, for instance, uh, when we talk about natural disasters, you know, they had all those tornadoes uh, last week, this earlier this week. Yes. A lot of people lost their homes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and so they're dealing with <clears throat> the coronavirus and other, and, and other stuff on top of that. So uh, don't just... You, I mean, we need to get focused. We need to stay focused on what's going on, but don't just sleep on the fact that we're going to soon be in tornado season and hurricane season. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, we had Hurricane Katrina a few years ago. So just imagine, well, I guess what I'm trying to tell you, we're going to have pandemics like we got now. Uh, you got natural disasters and stuff that's going on. So there's a lot of things that, that are going on. And so what uh, Michelle is going to talk to us about is, is readiness and to be prepared. Because like we were talking about Hurricane Katrina, you would think that after that last disaster that the people would be better prepared for the next one. But what's happening is when something happens, we get over it and then we just let it go and we're not, we not prepared for the, next, for the next epidemic or, I mean, the next pandemic or the next natural disaster. So that's what she's going to talk to us about, about uh, what we can do now and what we need to do to be ready uh, in the future in case something else comes up so we can be better prepared. But we seem to just, you know, just... I don't know, we just get real relaxed. Yeah, and, and, so, and, and go back to our norm because that's what we're comfortable with. You know, everybody's waiting for, like, the okay to be able to go back outside again, you know, and mm -hmm. go back to your norm. But what will that norm be? And I don't, I definitely don't think that it'll be, you know, the way that it was prior to, kind of like, you know, the way that things changed when 9-11 hit. Mm -hmm. You know, things changed 
drastically as far as the way that we travel, the way that we live, you know, even just our alert system. So, right. yeah, I'm excited to um, hear all this good information today. But yeah. that brings something else up. When you said as far as preparedness, you know what would be a good idea to have on as a guest? What? Like one of those. <laughs> I, well, I don't I don't know the exact title, but um, it's like one of those people who are uh, able to live off the grid. And they, you know, for years have been stocking right. up all of their goods. And for a while, Teach you know, you would see, the earth. yeah, people would think that they were crazy. Now, well, they, I can tell they you, are right. I think you and I should be able to tell them some about living. We weren't necessarily living off the grid, but we were young enough to remember when we didn't have all of the bells and whistles we got now. I can remember living in the country. A lot of stuff that we have now. Yeah. Like what? Name something like. Air conditioning. Air conditioning. It wasn't a regular. It wasn't a regular household thing around the house always. So you had so one in the window. Did y'all have one in the window with the water dripping out? The oh man! <laughs> or you go to your grandma's house and she got that fan blowing. The fan. That's what and I'm talking about. the best cooling oh, air, God. like just. And th- and that was enough. Yeah. And but see now we've gotten to the point where we are so used to things, and and the privilege that we have now. Is, is the problem we have. So all of the luxuries. All the luxuries. You know, uh, I'm going to talk about Dr. Oz, uh, not Dr. Yeah, Dr. Oz, um, I mean, Dr. Phil on the second half of the show. Okay. Because he is trying to tell people, and so is Dr. Oz talking about how people should get back to work and go back to school. Uh, Dr. Phil said really? that, yeah, he, Dr. Phil said that people are in more danger uh, by not going back to work. He's thinking that, that it's hurting them more by not going back to in, work. In what way, though? We gonna say that for the second half okay, show because I, right. I was real hot with him about that. It's like, oh, so you want people to go back to work? He said people, more people would die by not going to work than would by going to work. Those are his words. Wow. Yeah. I'm. I'm I, and I and one more that. thing. Um, no, that's the political thing. I'm gonna save that for next week. I mean, yeah, for next week. I get, I'm real hot about oh, another situation, we man. We got. <laughs> and, but it's all, it's all pertaining to and, and and it's the this political piece is about helping the people. Uh, more so, more or less. So I won't go directly into. Does that. it have anything to do with the uh, small business loans and? Uh, no, but we could talk about that okay. too. But that's no, something no. that definitely, I, I yeah, feel we need to talk about. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and then a shout out to the the barbers and the beauticians and yes. the um, the bartenders, the waitresses and stuff like that. Because you got people that their only job is being a waitress, a waiter, working at a restaurant, and they made good money. Yeah, I know some waiters and waitresses made forty and fifty thousand dollars. Just being a waiter or waitresses with the tips and good restaurants and cook and chefs and stuff like that. Now they don't have what options do they have? Yeah. Well, it's, and then they're not even getting a stimulus check or it's taking them a long. Or you have to apply for it. It's just it's it's kind of rough. And I saw a big long line of people in Texas trying to uh, ten thousand people and uh trying to get wait in line for food for food in their cars in Texas. They were in, in cars standing in line. And the National Guard was handing out boxes of food. And these are your everyday, what you call everyday, your people that's, that I guess you call them, like when I'm talking about bartenders, waitresses, people working in restaurants, those restaurants are closed. And and then for, you you tell people, uh, don't open the, don't open the, don't open the, don't open businesses back up right now. That's true. We probably shouldn't because it's not safe. If our leaders were doing what they're supposed to do and give these people funds and money to keep them home, then they can live. But you forcing people to try to survive, and they're trying to go to the beauty shop. They're trying to go to the bob shop and open up just to do some business so they can feed their kids. Otherwise, they ain't gonna have no options. So, really, I think the owners. I think that's more or less. Since we don't have leaders in the White House that's doing what they're supposed to do, then you start going to your community leaders. Like 
you ain't want me to get started with the church folks because I'm trying to figure out why the pastors are not calling all of the members. They should they should have it where their pastors are actually calling the congregation, getting getting together in groups, and get on their phone and dial and call each one of your members to make sure they got the food. And if you don't have the food or the resources Someone from the church, to you you, sh- you should have a number that you can refer these people to. Yeah. These these are your these are your members. Yeah. You yeah. know, so this is the time where sending out a scripture ain't enough. You know, so I'm just just talking about what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, we're gonna we're gonna go on to the intro to, uh, to get the show started because uh, I know Michelle's gonna be calling in in a few minutes. And uh, if you all have any questions that you would like to ask Michelle, please feel feel free to call in at four zero four six zero three eight seven seven zero is the number to call four zero four six zero three eight seven seven zero is the number to call. This is Alvin and Edmund on the Old Fashioned Health Show on the Real Eleven Hundred.
Life happens, and when it does, the law firm of Althea DeBar Johnson PC and Tamara Wood is the law firm people turn to for planning and managing their legal affairs and protecting their current and future assets. The firm specializes in wealth protection through legal services that include estate planning, probate administration, and guardianship. This law firm promises to be truthful and honest, provide personalized attention, and they are focused on results that best suit your needs. For a consultation, contact them today at 404-584-5555 or visit them on the web at adjpclaw.com. The law firm of Althea DeBar Johnson, PC, and Tamara Wood, helping you plan for today and for the future so you can get on with the business of living. Are you looking for compassionate, knowledgeable, and affordable pet care? Then Just for Pets Wellness Center is just right for you. We are located in the Bella Rosa Shopping Plaza at 8911 Daniels Parkway, Suite 7 in Fort Myers, Florida. We are open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And on Saturdays, by appointment. Call us today at 239-270-5721 or visit us at www.just4petsfl.vet. And we're on Facebook and Instagram, too. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Old Fashioned Health Show. Good health inside and out. It's Alvin and Edmund here. Edmund. Hey, people. What's up? What's up? Man, we got Miss Michelle on the line. What is Michelle? Yes, for that good information for us. Hello, Michelle. You there? Yes, I am. Hi, Michelle. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. We are so Great. excited about having you on the show, Edmund especially, because he likes bi- he, he likes scientific type stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about this yesterday. He's like, oh, my God, I'm so excited about her being on the show, and we're happy to have you on the show as well. So to get started, please tell people who you are and exactly what you do. Okay. Well, my name is Michelle Dawkins, and I live here in uh in Rex, Georgia, and I am actually an environmental health and safety professional. Um, started my career actually as a microbiologist. I'm from a small town up in New England, Mass., and um, have been working in the area of science for, gosh, over 25 years now. Um, and so I have, as of over the last, I'd say, 15, 16 years, worked in the area of uh, hazardous material training in the areas of hazardous material handling, disaster preparedness, um, working with emergency responders, doing a lot of the training for hazardous communications, uh, PPE, all of the requirements that you hear everybody talking about now. Um, I started over at Clark Atlanta University uh, a number of years ago. I was with the program um, in the Environmental Justice Resource Center for a number of for about 10 years, as a matter of fact, working under Dr. Robert Bullard, who is considered the grandfather of environmental uh, justice. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of experience in that realm. Um, and so my focus and my passion is on community, getting information out to the community. I've been doing training, as I said, in the Atlanta area, all over the country, really, um, for a number of years. But my heart in soul is really with community and want to get back into the community and do what I do best, which is providing information for those who normally don't get this type of information. Um, While at Clark Atlanta University, I had the opportunity to train regular people, regular everyday people living in our metro Atlanta 
neighborhoods to clean up every major disaster since 9-11. We were involved in Katrina. We were heavily involved in the BP oil spill when they had the train derailment out in uh, the Aiken, South Carolina area. We sent individu individuals out there. Mm. I do some work with a grassroots organization, the Harambe House out in Savannah, Georgia, did uh, doing some work with um, the Deep South Center for Environmental Justice out of New Orleans. So, you know, this is where my, my wheelbarrow lies, I you know, um, and, and I'm glad to be a part of uh, this conversation today. Well, we are happy to have you. So I want you to uh, I've been trying to figure out uh, the best way to put this uh, as far as getting people a better understanding of how to be prepared for what we have now known as a pandemic. Right. So tell us what we need to do, Michelle. What's what's going on with this? One of the best ways that we could help in all of this is to adhere to what the scientists, what our medical personnel are telling us. The number one thing that we should be doing is staying home or at least limiting the amount of time that we spend outside of our house. Okay. Um, our communities, I know, you know, and I'm not going to inundate us with all of the stats because we're hearing it over and over and over, some good and some not so good, mm. some of it true and some of it not true. Um, but one of the things that, um, you know, as I started looking at some of the data, uh, data talks, you know, as scientists, we like to look at, at data because that tells a story. And one of the things that we see constantly after almost every type of catastrophic event that hits our country, whether it's, you know, uh, storm-wise or anything else, it's the, the uh, our, our communities suffer the most. Right. And there's a number of reasons, and, and we all are familiar with them. Right. Um, I read, I read a, a dynamic article just uh, this morning from the New Yorker, a professor out of, assistant professor out of, um, out of Princeton, and uh, her article talked about, talked about uh, African Americans and what, what is occurring now with COVID-19. And she started off by saying, when white America catches a cold, black America gets uh, pneumonia. Right. And then she said there was a, an a added or a morbid twist to that. And that is when white America catches the novel uh, coronavirus, black Americans die. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. what we're seeing now. You know, and if I can impress upon our communities to really take these things seriously don't take it lightly you know every day we hear we pick up the news or we we watch news um we hear more and more about stats that are occurring um and they are affecting us today the first thing i saw when i turned on the news was a uh, uh, a nursing home right in the cascade area and the moment they said cascade the first thing i thought of that's us mm -hmm. you know and i know a lot of times when we hear things in the news we already know we don't have to do the science or anything we know what affects us right. and when they talked about those numbers that hit my heart because that's our community that's our uh elders that that are losing their lives or the workers that are in there so some of the things that we can begin doing is like i said taking this stuff seriously taking the time to find out what's going on for real you know for those of us who uh don't want to get caught up in propaganda and all that Look at the information yourself. There's stuff out there by the CDC. These are scientists. Mm -hmm. uh, many of them are world-renowned scientists. Uh, we're, we're, I'm not trying to get information from somebody who's a politician and trying to, you know, just feed us anything. I want to know what, what 
the real feel, what the real deal is. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things I heard one of my colleagues say on yesterday in one of our workshops was there's th- four categories of people right now, people who've been infected, people who will be infected, those who are carriers. There may be some that, you know, hopefully, prayerfully, that will not be infected. Mm-hmm. But the overall thing is that we will all be affected, yeah. even if we're not infected. Right. And so what does that mean? That means that we have to start looking at this thing differently. <clears throat> we have to ask questions as far as, you know, what is my part? What is my role? On yesterday, I was driving through um, an area in, in uh, one of our counties, and I saw that there was a beauty store still open. And so that rang a big, you know, a big question mark over my head. And more so because I saw people going in without any type of mask on. Whether you believe you should be wearing masks or not, that's not the case. Because as I just said, I just listed the four, the five categories of people, the four categories of people. Hmm. Because if even if you are not infected, but you're, a, you know, a carrier then there's collateral damage when you come into contact with other people. And that's one of the things that people have to recognize is that, you know, you may be a carrier and you're carrying this and now the next, you know, the next spot that you're in, you know, you're, you're passing that thing on to someone else. And so we have to recognize that right now we're in the middle of a public health uh, emergency. And then there's, now we're having storms, which creates a compounded issue, you know, for our communities. And then we're not even mentioning the economic t- tsunami that's going to follow all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and how are we as a community going to survive? The only way we can do that, and we, be- we said this after Katrina, we said it after probably everything that happens, is that we're going to get together, but we don't see it. We don't see it. We, we talk about it, but we don't get together and do mm-hmm. the things that we need to do. What does that entail? That in, entails our educational facilities. We've, if nothing else, this pandemic has really, really magnified all of the other issues that we have in our communities, and we know them. We know our, the disparities in terms of our criminal justice system, in terms of our educational system, in, in terms of our employment situations. But what are we as um, uh, African Americans willing to do right now? How can we help? One of the things as a safety professional I'm trying to do is get as much information out um, and you and I talked about that, you know, in terms of my, my web, getting my website on, mm-hmm. on, on point and everything, because um, most of the time when you talk about training and things like that, companies provide this kind of training. You know, I do this kind of training all the time. I've been training individuals on how to put on PPE, how to don and doff PPEs that's put on and take off. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we're seeing is that there's a lot of inadequate information out there. There are some individuals that are going to work every day and they're coming home and they're not adequately uh, doffing or taking off the, even if it's, it's your regular clothes, you know, depending on where you work. For example, if you work in a nursing home, you should not be wearing those clothes inside of your house. Um, you should be taking off your shoes before you get inside of your actual house. If you have to do it in your carport, your garage, you know, have an a, a area designated for taking those clothes off. Those clothes should not go into your main 
um, laundry basket with your children's clothes and things like that. Um, that stuff needs to be isolated and then washed separately, you know, and then you have to even need to sanitize your, your, uh, your washer. Mm. You know, we're talking about, remember, there's still a lot of science out on this stuff. So we're talking about something that we don't even have all of the information, all of the data for right now. Um, so decontamination, wearing the proper protective equipment. There's a lot of conversation out there about the PPEs, uh, about the uh, respirators, I'm sorry. Um, the ones that are necessary for our health care, the N95s, are something that they need. But because, remember, they're exposed for longer hours than us. Mm -hmm. um, coming up with new strategies even for yourself. For example, when I go to the store, which I try not to do very often, mm -hmm. I, I have a strategy. And I, I apologize. I have a eight-month-old here with me. Okay. Um, I strategize. I try not. I try to go to places that I'm familiar with where I know exactly where the layout, what the layout of the land is. Mm -hmm. I go in, I get what I need, and I come back out. I'm not spending a significant amount of time in there. I'm, you know, not trying to come into contact. I mean, adhering to the five, I mean, the six-feet rule. Mm -hmm. All of that type of stuff makes plays, you know, a significant role in making sure that everyone stays safe because, once again, my lackadaisical attitude can have an effect on a number of people, not just myself. And so I have to take all of that into uh, consideration. Mm. Our pub local public health department puts out daily stats. And as you look at the stats, the numbers are growing. They're not going down. Yep. And why is that? Because I don't think we're really taking this thing as serious as we need to. And even when you look at the numbers, once again, the numbers are always greater in the communities of color. Right. When we look at the other countries who've had successes, and they, there are some Caribbean islands, as a matter of fact, that have like one case, one case and zero deaths. How is that happening? Well, they took it seriously. They, they use, or what we use in the safety world is a hierarchy of, of protection. So PPEs are really the last line of defense when you talk about safeguarding yourself. Mm. We have what we call engineering controls. Engineering controls means that I'm, I'm going to try to alleviate this thing before anybody comes into contact with it. I'm going to isolate it out. And, of course, we couldn't do that, but what we did was we came up with uh, other plans that this is what other countries did. They didn't just go straight to the PPEs. They closed down their borders early on. Mm. You know, they started uh, <clears throat> isolating and um, getting testing. That was a big thing in most of the countries that I read about. Mm. Most of the countries that have their numbers are very low. They started their testing process very, very early on. And remember, we didn't have tests available. Exactly. So our numbers are still not really reflective of what I think is really out there because we haven't gotten the number of tests that we need to take care of the population. So I think our numbers are very under, uh, under uh Recorded, okay. and we're going to probably see higher numbers because our testing is inadequate at this point. So there's a lot of other little pieces of this puzzle 
that our community needs to be aware of. Um, our, gov- our, our, gov- our, our president is talking about opening up the doors again. That was my next what question for you. What does that mean for us? Yeah. How do you feel about it? What's your take on, on that? And especially given wh- where we are with it right now. Like, we don't really see a light at the end of the tunnel. And they're saying, like, possibly letting up the ban and letting everybody just, you know, back out again. I mean. I, I really, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm pretty afraid of what's going to happen, what we're going to see as a result. Mm-hmm. Because what's going to happen is that people are going to think that it's okay <clears throat> to go back to business as usual. And I don't think we're going to get back to that point, if ever. But for a long time, I don't think we're at that point yet because we've not pinpointed the exact numbers. Too many people have not been tested. We're, as I said, we're not seeing the numbers because we've not seen adequate uh, the, the testing the way we should have. So I think to open up those doors right now and say go back to work when we've not done an actual what we do in the field is a risk assessment Mm -hmm. taking a look at what the risks are for the workers in the different industries i think that that's going to cause more problems and remember if we go back and now we have to stop again it's going to be a worse it's going to have a worse effect on individuals but also i think the the cost because everybody of course is concerned with cost i think it's going to be detrimental to many businesses, many of the small businesses, even like myself, we're losing, you know, we're, we have had some losses, but I think that if we open up too early, the losses are going to be catastrophic. Wow. So, so do you think that the uh, people that are looking at just the, the numbers for money are not really realizing that if it gets worse, it's going to affect them as well? It, it seems like people that, uh, that are thinking about how much money that they're losing, how much money they can can acquire is not thinking about if we open up it gets worse than the money that you thought you're going to be able to acquire you're now going to be even more impacted most definitely because remember this this is a this is a supply chain here that we're talking about and we're already at a deficit when you look at in a number of areas so i think you know to open up those doors and then shut those doors again as I said, is going to be detrimental for, for many businesses, even those who are pushing for it right now. My thing, I, I believe that, uh, you know, I just all have always been a believe in people first. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we have politicians, we have leadership that does not believe in people first. But they have to understand that there's nothing more important right now than human capital. I know we want to focus on the money. And, but right now, the human capital, and we're seeing that in our, our food industry. We're hearing a lot about the meat processors and how many of them have gotten sick. And as right. a result, you know, we're seeing the, trick, the, the domino effect with that. What do you think is going to happen when we start opening up some, some of those other crucial um, industries? We're going to see the same thing because you haven't given individuals time enough to get their bodies or their immune systems or whatever it takes to get this thing out of you know out of uh, out of the out of the environment, we've not given it given it enough time. You know, we haven't even talked about our, how we're going to go in and start processing buildings and and things like that because, according to OSHA, you know you you have to have a plan to keep your workers safe. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you have one employee or a thousand employees. It is your responsibility as an employer to make sure you ensure the safety 
of the workers that work for you. And we already know that there's a shortage of, you know, basic supplies in terms of our medical supplies or, you know, the PPEs, as they keep talking about, our personal mm. protective equipment. So what are you going to do in lieu of that? What is your plan? And your plan has to be written. You know, you have to have a written plan. Wow. So, and, and most companies, even when I do training, because I do hazardous material training, I do mm. HazWopper, which is hazardous waste operations and emergency response, we have to talk about that. I talk about that when I go into companies and do their training or, you know, if I'm doing public classes, we, I ask employees all the time, you know, are you familiar with your health and safety plan? And many of them are not because right. employees, employers haven't shared it or they don't have one. Right. You know, and that's that. Those are laws. You have to have that material. You have to have the, that documentation. And remember, if it's not written, it doesn't exist. So um, that, respiratory protection. All of those are are laws that are required by by OSHA for companies to have. So let me ask you this. Uh, so you, you can stay with us, right? Because I need to take a commercial break. Can you stay sure. with us? Okay. So when when I, when I come back, I want to ask you uh, if you have any ideas of in the African American community of at least two to three things that we could do we can okay. physically know we can do uh because we don't have a leader that's concerned about us at this point we really don't i mean i've tried to sugarcoat it and say but donald trump is not really thinking about the, the regular everyday american and specifically he's definitely not thinking not. about uh, the, uh african-american community so this is just not this is everybody so if you could think of something you know that you may have in mind that you think we could do at least a couple of steps and then okay. uh, I have I know people that work in the grocery store industry, and I think about that they're in contact with a lot of different people that keep coming in and a out lot of their stores. Of and, right. I, and if there's something that you could tell them that are listening to us that they could possibly do the best that they can to protect themselves, I want you to share that okay. with us. Okay. Okay. All right, y'all. You're listening to Alvin and Edmund on the Old Fashioned Health Show on the Real 1100. We'll be right back. Life happens, and when it does, the law firm of Althea DeBar Johnson, PC, and Tamara Wood is the law firm people turn to for planning and managing their legal affairs and protecting their current and future assets. The firm specializes in wealth protection through legal services that include estate planning, probate administration, and guardianship. This law firm promises to be truthful and honest, provide personalized attention, and they are focused on results that best suit your needs. For a consultation, contact them today at 404-584-5555 or visit them on the web at adjpclaw.com. The law firm of Althea DeBar Johnson, PC, and Tamara Wood, helping you plan for today and for the future so you can get on with the business of living.
Barbara Ann Berg, author, chef, coach, educator, multi-business owner. She's a CBD advocate that supports the many health benefits of CBD. Contact Barbara Berg for more information about CBD benefits and business opportunities at www.barbaraannbird.com or email at infobarbaraannbird at gmail.com or give her a call at 770-733-0525. Barbara Ann Bird, your serialpreneur. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Old Fashioned Health Show. Good health inside and out. We are on the line with Michelle Dawkins talking to us about what we can do to uh, prepare ourselves for this pandemic that we have going on right now. Michelle, you still there? I am. Okay. All right. You got your homework assignment ready? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. All right. What you going to start with? So for those essential workers like our cashiers and individuals that have to deal with the public, first and foremost, I would encourage you to make sure that you have a, a great diet. There's nothing more, uh, there's nothing better than making sure that you are building up your immune system on a consistent basis. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's uh, paramount because a lot of times what we're seeing and what the, the stats have shown is that a lot of the people that are coming down with this have some kind of uh, physical, uh, you know, some medical issues. So we want to make sure that you're eating a healthy diet, that you're drinking plenty of water, that, you know, you're staying very hydrated. Um, a lot of the stores are, are helping out by providing admin controls, by putting up some of the, um, the shields in front of, um, in front of the, the, the customers, and that's great. Mm -hmm. We also want to make sure that workers are washing their hands. I know a lot of people get into sanitize, the sanitizers, but there's nothing better or more effective than soap and water, okay. antibacterial soap and water. So encouraging your employer, you know, if they don't have wash stations and things available, that that's something that is needful, um, you know, and then, you know, just making sure once again that, that, that you're distancing yourself. You know, there's nothing wrong when you see people piling up in front of your register or whatever it is, you know, encouraging them because, you know, a lot of times we're, we're habitual people. Mm -hmm. So this is, you know, we're, we're doing something new now. And so it's, it, it, it probably is going to be our new normal for a very long time. And a lot of people think that, you know, they're going to open up, as I said, and it's going to be business as usual. But I don't think it's going to be like that. I think we're going to be implementing a lot of new things. We talked about it on one of our calls on yesterday that many employers are going to have to invest in wash stations, temporary wash stations. Um, they're going to have to have some other feasible plans in terms of making sure that, you know, they're – I don't know if they're going to have to enclose uh, certain areas where people work, but they're going to have to now <clears throat> take a whole new approach to how the workforce is going, their workforce is going to be in their particular facilities in order to make this thing work. Mm. So now's the time. It's okay to be paranoid with this. <laughs> I won't say paranoid, but at least be cautious. Right. Understand that until we really get a handle on it, and we have not, and remember, when things go away, it still lingers in our communities. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, it still lingers. A lot of it, like I said, is because we're still going about our days in a lackadaisical mode. Like, mm -hmm. you know, this doesn't really affect us. Right. Um, and it really does. 
It really does. And so we have to make sure, you know, a lot of it is education and training. And, and that's my, you know, that's my favorite arena, making sure that people get educated, making sure that they understand why we do what we're doing. Because that's the biggest thing. When people don't understand why they're doing it, then they're not going to do it effectively. They'll go through the motions, but they're not going to do it effectively. But one of the things I like to say even now, I've talked to a couple of people who've had losses in their families. Imagine that it's your, you know, your, your loved one, your grandmother, your mother, and you, she goes to the hospital and you never get to see her again. Because they're not allowing autopsies. They're not allowing funerals. Most of the time, you don't even know where they're going. Some funeral homes have resorted to cremations, but in places where they have high volumes of death, they are building, I mean, they're uh, digging trenches, and they're burying people that way. So if nothing else stays in your mind, think about what would happen if that were your child, your mother, your significant other. What would happen if, you, if they went to the hospital and you just never got to say there's no closure? There's a lot of families that are dealing with that today. So, oh, man, this is deep. So, uh, so back in our community, in the African-American community, we talked about a couple of things that you think that, that they could do, um, that we could do as, as, a, as a community. Maybe one or two things. Uh, we tell them to educate themselves, but what could, what do you think we can actually put in place to just start somewhere? Well, well, one of the things that uh, hopefully I'll be able to, with you, uh, put together, we're, I'm in the process of working with a group out of New Orleans, and we're going to be doing free community training online. Okay. And it is designed for churches. It's designed for small businesses. Small businesses, as I said, we want to make sure that they have adequate inf- information um, because the big businesses are getting this. They get this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the small businesses don't see where they fit into the equation, and we want to make sure that they do. So it's going to be regular community people. And we've been doing this for years. This is what we did at Clark Atlanta. We communi- we educated the community. You know, they didn't have to pay for anything. The federal government paid for it. A lot of our training came through the National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences because they, you know, they're able to provide all kinds of – we have a consortium. So we have very good training because we have – a, a group of, um, or, or I should say, a uh, collaboration of laborers. So we're getting individuals from the different work fields. Um, we have the uh, rail workers represented there. We have, you know, all types of different industries that are represented in that consortium. And so we get top-notch training. And so we're able to provide, the entity that I work with, we're able to provide it on a uh, a community level and so they have the same information that the big companies get that the union members get because awesome. it's shared mm-hmm. information wow thank you for that so you know uh, <clears throat> I, I, w- I will say this because we're going to have Michelle back on you're going to come back you're going to come back and talk to us quite a bit right yes right. yes so one of the things that I think would uh, would work as far as our churches and specifically let's just start with the church to start with um, if we could get the leaders of the church, the pastors of the church, to yes, now call your congregation. Just get you a phone bank, get you a couple of members, and call each one of the members that you do have a number for, 
and educate us one by one, give them the information they need. If you cannot provide them with food, because some of them don't have food or resources, give them a number, give them something that they can work with Mm -hmm. along with the scripture, since you just got to give a scripture, (laughs) but give them something that could tangibly you know, put into place with, to help, to help, you know, to help your congregation. So if there right. are any pastors out and, there listening. And this is the way we do it. You know, as a community, the churches have access to, you know, they have access to more people in the community than any other entity, at least exactly. that's the way it used to be in the black community. So we just have to get back. Right now, churches should be shining. Churches should be giving away the, the school lunches. That's right. Not the school department. Mm, that's exactly we've right. gotten this thing kind of twisted where now we've depend, we depend on the government to do everything. And that's not the way we, that's not the community that we grew up in. Yeah, and no. we have to get back to from whence we came yeah, and right. understand that the church, where is the church? Where is, where's the voice of the church Say right now? Say it again. Now? Say it this again. This is their hour. <laughs> that's right. This is their yeah. this is their hour right now here. Now's the time for the um, back. And and I'm anybody that's listening. If you're sending out any more social media text messages with the scripture, send a phone number where they can get some help. Also, send mm-hmm. something else along with that uh, Jesus wept scripture that you send on social media every morning, and give people something that they could something else that they could use because if we don't help each other we don't have a leader that's going to do it i'm telling you it's it's, it's over right. and, and the scripture i want to put out there is god said my people perish for lack of knowledge he did not say for lack of money he no. said for lack of knowledge you sure so said we're that? not providing them with the knowledge that they need during this time to get through and 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 allowing them to activate their faith because each of us have that measure of faith mm-hmm. that's what he's looking for right now and yep. together we can we can slay giants. Sure can. But we have to get back to that point. And if we can't do anything else, understand even for our leaders who are silent right now, June is coming. <laughs> that's that's uh, primary, right? Right. Yeah. November is coming. That's we're, my thing is you're going to come ask coming looking for us in June in November. My question is going to be where were you February and March? That's and right. April. That's right. That's right. And if they're not coming already, then we need to be taking care of our own home before they get there. Exactly. Michelle, I really, really, really appreciate you being on here today. I do, too. Great you, energy. Thank you for is, all the information. You, you coming back, though, right? Oh, so you know what? We, we need your website information, how to find, if there's any information you want to share with us where people can reach out to you or, or find some of your information. I know you are doing some upgrades to your website. But do you have yes, anything? Do you have any uh, website or something you can give us f- for now? Um, I'll, I'll give my my email address because that's the best way until I act, get that uh, reactivated. My okay. my website reactivated okay. and my LinkedIn. My, I, I can be found on LinkedIn. I'm Michelle Dawkins, occupational safety and health professional. Um, and then my email address is thesafetymd at gmail dot com. And I promise I'm working on that right now. I had a really good website and it was taken down i explained that situation to you yeah. but i'm working on getting that done now because i do want to get back out there um i have a dba and that it's called she talks and she talks stands for safety health and environmental because i really want to get out here and talk with our communities and talk about some of the things that we need to be discussing during this time mm-hmm. because i just believe that at such a time as this it's time for us to do what we need to do for each other. Exactly, exactly. And once you get that date on this um, seminar with that information, we'll get that out there to our listeners as well so everyone can come out okay. and support and get that information and uh, continue to educate, you know, everyone that they're surrounding and around. 
I appreciate you so much. Thank you. All right, Michelle, thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate you, and we will be hearing from you really soon again, like as in next month, right? Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. I appreciate you. Have, Have a, a great one. one, all right? Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 All right, y'all. That was Michelle Dawkins with uh, uh, she has man. She gave us a plethora of information. I learned that in Jackson. We State. have been really having some good people. I know, on right? Them, All right. You know, we're gonna take another quick break. We'll come back. We're gonna wrap this up. And uh, and uh, Edmund got some things he want to tell us. Uh, also, I don't know what it is, but he has something he would like to share. So uh, <laughs> you we'll, know, how you we'll look, see when we come back. Look, you know how you call it. Somebody call you up. Don't you have something you want to say at the church? Be like, man, I don't know. I ain't ready. Exactly. exactly. All right, y'all. This is Alvin and Edmund on the real eleven hundred. We'll be right back. <laughs> Attention Medicare beneficiaries, if you have or are eligible for Medicaid, please listen closely. You may be eligible for a Medicare Advantage plan from WellCare Health Plans with zero or low plan premium. Call 1-877-826-2536. That's 1-877-826-2536. Representatives will provide detailed information and help see if you qualify. WellCare provides access to a large network of local and regional doctors and hospitals. Plus, some plans give you more dental, more vision, and more hearing, plus more prescription drug coverage. WellCare is contracted with Medicare to provide plans that may be right for you. Call 1-877-826-2536. That's 1-877-826-2536. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Old Fashioned Health Show. Me and Evan having a discussion on his little Easter speech that he got. <laughs> he said Easter speech. I remember those days. How many people remember those days where you had to either say Easter speech in church? Just or, make up something. Uh, well, yeah. You were scared to say anything? I really was. I know, man. right? I really was. Yeah, we've had a really, really, really great show. I've, I really enjoyed uh, Michelle uh, for coming in uh, and educating us us on what we need to do as a community. Y'all know the African-American community, by large, is hurting really, really bad right now. And, you know, you'd be trying to walk gingerly about saying African-American community. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, you think you don't want to offend nobody. But we ain't got a choice at this point. It's like, if we don't say we got to look out for our community, no matter who you are, what your status is, if you are whoever you are, you can't be afraid to own your community and say my community need help. Wow. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot mm-hmm. of not. And then we got some people that are walking away from the community. I, I tried not to say that about this. But what do you man, mean, let me tell you. The, what do you mean? Let me tell you what I saw yesterday. Uh oh, here we go. <laughs> I got uh, a message from somebody sent me something on Twitter saying one of the representative that representatives that used to be uh, that is a, a representative uh, for DeKalb County said he is now supporting Trump one hundred percent. See how looking lost y'all looking? Yeah, he he's in, in our community. Said that Vernon Jones said that he is now supporting. Uh, I think uh, 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 my engineer is saying, "What do you say?" Oh, he don't want to tell me. Anyway, so I saw the Twitter yesterday. I'm like, "Did I read this right?" Saying I am supporting Donald J. Trump. I'm gonna tell you, this is probably my guy with that. So this message won't go just unheard. If you know there's a person that is specifically hurting your own community. I don't care nothing about all the policies they may have put in place, but if I know you are strictly hurting my family, I can't support you. Now, I don't care how much policy think you think you might be done, but you if you hurting my people, why, why am I going to support you? And 
Okay. I, I was I had a question for you, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll visit we'll visit that on another, that, okay, another right. day. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna keep this on a level right now <clears> of just this whole COVID situation. And I and I get where you're coming from. Yeah, you know, but there's there, there's so many different elements that I feel that we, we need to tackle. But not excuses to, now. No, we're not excuses. That. Okay. But there, right. there are many different perspectives. And I'm not trying to take up for anyone, but when you start pointing the finger, you know, we pointed all around at a lot of different things. Well, until also, until all of them do it, if, if you're gonna take the clothes off, you say you say you did this, you openly then you 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 out there saying this. Now if, if the other people are not saying it, then I can't say nothing to you. But if you get up there on national stage say, this is who I'm supporting, then I mean I'm gonna have to come, you know. Okay, so he said that. Now what was his reasoning behind it? Did he have Because any? he said he, he said his community left him, that we we didn't support him and that um, Okay, so that's the part you're more upset. No, about. no, 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 not the part. No, I'm upset because you said you're gonna support somebody that's not supporting us. I don't care nothing about anything else you ever done. But if you've not done, if I know, do you know how many times this man has been sued for discrimination? How no, many times? A lot. Okay. But anyway, we're gonna get into that. I just, I just had to get the off my chest. Y'all know, yeah. I really talk, so I probably people gonna be mad when I talked about the past. He gets a little heated, everybody. <laughs> yeah, we talk about my people. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, hey, uh, old school had something to say, but he, man, he put his mask back on. I think he's scared. Take your Corona. mask off, old school. Yeah, Corona, was gonna get him, man. Go, go, you scared? I was, I was just going to uh, guess who you was talking about, but I don't know who. I don't know oh, who I, I'll give you the full. I give. You, I tell. I told you it was Brandon Jones, but I give you the oh, full. Brandon, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on Twitter, so I mean, I ain't no secret. I thought you were talking about Kanye. Oh, he we. Yeah. He, so he, <laughs> I haven't heard anything Listen, about so that. So Kanye, Stacey Dash, and that Brandon, they having their own cookout. Yeah, pretty much. I know, right? <laughs> All right, y'all. This is yeah. Alvin and Evan on the old fashioned. We'll see y'all uh, on next Thursday on the real 1100. <laughs>
And be sure to join Alvin every Friday at 3 p.m. for Old Fashioned Health right here on 1100 a.m. Take care.